Hey folks, it's your friend, Luke the Strip Club DJ, alongside my buddies Brandon and Alex. Say hello, Brandon in Brooklyn. Yeah. Hey, I'm Alex. And say hello, Alex. Hey, I'm uh, Alex. I'm actual Alex. Yeah, and I'm actually Brandon. Great. Thank you, guys. Uh, One Two Review is a little podcast where we rate and review movies and products in the simplest way possible. One point if we didn't like it. Two points if we did. We rate until we get to 20 points total, and then we call it a ding-dong day. Happy holidays, guys. Kick the intro. One. Gentlemen, you're here to hear us review some movies, and we've got one for you right now. The first film that we're going to review today is one called Passion Mistake 2. This was directed by Craig Jackson. This is a 2016 film. A little bit of a synopsis about it. Uh, These two couples are on a kind of retreat in Hawaii, kind of at a hotel, spa, resort. Uh, The two couples accidentally switch beds in the night. They end up falling in love with the other partner, And then they end up having a kind of double divorce that turns into a double wedding. I would call this a romantic film. I wouldn't call it... It's not a, it's not pornographic at all. Uh, there's no real nudity in it, but it's it's very romantic. Um, it's a comedy. Did you guys have any first opinions on Passion Mistake 2? Well, it should have been a little pornographic. Right, guys? I guess so. I mean, it's a film. Yeah, you could have made this into a straight-up porno film but that could be anything sex in it you could say that yeah, about it you could, you could little, layer that on any film i don't i'm not saying straight up i'm saying just a dash a dose maybe yeah it was rated pg it was rated pg what were they trying to accomplish with this uh very um pc and very christian valued movie that is i mean it's a it's a double divorce wedding brought to you by Ambien, basically. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. And this is a sequel. Am I not mistaken? Passion Mistake 2? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't see the first one. I am curious, did the first one have two people? Or is this like the the gimmick of this movie? Just the fact that, you know, it's like two couples, they're switching two beds. There's like two, there, it happens over two nights. It's the double. It's the double. Yeah, they, yeah, the they first fall in one, love like too hard with each other. Two double wedding, first, quad kids at the end. You know. Oh yeah, two two sets of double right. twins. Two double sets. Of twins. That's quad quad kids. Yeah. That's quad quad kids. Yeah. I mean, formulaically, it is the sequel in the fact that they just doubled down on the plot devices from passion. The first passion mistake, but. The characters were a lot more developed. Um, the set was totally different. Instead of being rural Wisconsin, this is Hawaii. Like, and you, it's that I don't, I don't know. That's that's kind of a cheap thing that a lot of movie makers do. Is they'll just take their sequel to Hawaii, or I don't know. They did that in The Hangover, right? Where they just take the sequel to Thailand. Uh, and it's a real cheap way to do it, but for this movie, I think they took advantage of a lot of the natural gifts that Hawaii had to offer. Yeah, Hawaii is beautiful. I mean, I I like that it's something different than the first movie, although I didn't see it. I thought it was beautiful. I like the waterfalls. I thought it was funny that there's two eyes in Hawaii, and that's one of the constant sayings in the movies, you know. There's two eyes in Hawaii. 
So, yeah, uh, I thought those are really clever because I never really thought about the two eyes and why. I thought those are really clever way to tie in the location to a lot of the really tense moments of drama when they're sort of negotiating what's going to happen with these relationships. You know, who's who's going to take care of who's ho- who's moving into whose house, um, who gets whose car, that kind of stuff when they finally break down and decide that there was a mix-up. Who's doing what chores. Mm-hmm. So, so one thing I will say, it, you know, I, I feel like I agree with everything you guys are saying. This movie was kind of ho-hum, but I, I will say the acting was pretty amazing. And I think I should, I'm just going to shout out all, all the actors here. The the first couple is uh, played by Brenda Sloan and John uh, Pettiger. And the second couple is played by uh, Jerry Norton and Patricia Beach. I think all four of those actors bring tons to the table in that I I believe them. And these parts are boring. A lot of, I think, the lines that they're delivering are are difficult in that they're so kind of boring. And and again, the writing's a little weird because it's, again, negotiating that PG rating very well. I think these people just did a very good job. I just want to at least shout that out a little bit. Yeah, Patricia Sloan, the way she has that rubber face, the way she can puff her cheeks out and pull her lips over her teeth and crook her eyebrows and wiggle her ears in such a way that's... Um, it's almost kabuki-esque. It's almost like this extreme Japanese emotion on screen, but it's not off-putting. I don't it's know. It's just uh, yeah. Really I mean, powerful. both of, both of their performances are subtle and sublime, and you know, delicate while being super ferocious. So I think they're going to be up for a lot of. She's awards, just good to look at. They did a great job. You're absolutely right. And I don't remember saying it was boring. I, I didn't think the movie was boring. Uh, well, yeah, I guess not not boring. I don't know what I don't know what the word is for this film. Um paced. Oh. Uh, it was paced. Yeah. P A S T E. It was like a th- it was like a thick dough like movie for me. I mean, I have a sort of a light onset of synesthesia, so for that. me, this movie was paced. That's cool, I like that. You guys okay. want to rate Passion We're Mistake ready Two? To rate? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, let's score it up. Um, I think um, Passion Mistake Two. It was a safe play. With the PG rating, you know, sort of playing to the Midwest people with old school ideals. Uh, maybe old school is the wrong word. Traditional ideals. And uh, so in that way, it was a safe play. But definitely the directorial and the casting with these uh, more avant-garde actors was a brave choice. So for me, I get Passion Mistake two two points. Yeah, I've never been to Hawaii, and I feel like uh, this film really sets you nicely in that environment, really makes you feel those beaches. And like I said, the acting I thought was really wonderful. I know all four of those people are all uh, classically trained theater actors, and I think that really breathes through. I uh, have a theater degree, and so I have a kinship for those kind of actors, and I saw that in their work. And so uh, two points for me as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I have to give it a two. I mean, it's just the whole theme of the movie. How can I give it a one? Um, it was an average film, but just to lean into it and have a little fun. I'm going to give it two points. And this one is one that we got from the Red Box. So check out your local Red Box at the grocery store. And I'd say, yeah, pick up Passion Mistake 2. That's six points. Six, six points. points. 
So every week on One Two Review, we have a different way of keeping score. We reviewed six points, and so we need to put six points towards the 20 points that will end us eventually at the end of the day. And this week, we are going to share our different kind of Christmas or holiday traditions with you as we score our points. Yeah. All right. And the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to hang some ornaments. We have two Christmas trees. We've got one here in LA. Brandon's got one there in New York. We're going to hang up some ornaments here. So I'm going to unbox one of my old ones here from childhood and hang it up. And this is a, a Bart Simpson on a skateboard and he's got a slingshot and uh, he's going down a hill and uh, it's one of my favorites. So I'm going to put that up on the tree here. And my second one here is a Troy Aikman ball. It's a Troy. It's a. It's like a ball, like a Christmas kind of normal ball ornament. But there's a picture of Troy Aikman on it, and I'm gonna hang that one up, right there. Yeah, so many good memories with these ornaments. This first one is a family classic. My mom let me hang on to it. It's a big ball of my sister's hair. When I found out that she got more presents than me, I ripped out a big chunk of her hair, and the family had a great. Uh, laugh about it and we turned it into an ornament tied it up with a little green and red bow and I we like to put that up on the tree every year and this is another one I got from a truck stop and um, it's kind of a wild one it says Christmas or die it's made out of chrome and it's got Santa holding a shotgun and uh, there's a couple deer behind him like crossing their arms with sunglasses on and I thought this one was like really hardcore Christmas ornament that I thought was a lot of fun. So I'm putting that one yeah. up too. Yeah. All right. Um, I don't have a lot of ornaments. I don't know why, but I think I like set them aside somewhere every year. And then I don't remember why I set them aside, even though my apartment is tiny. I seem to lose them. However, I have this one right here. This is uh, one of those glass ornaments. It's really beautiful. It's like hand painted. It's of a man uh mooning you his pants are pulled down and it's a nice beautiful smooth butt and then here's the second one i have this is a little it's like a bootleg uh bart simpson one i think i really liked alex's and i made one up similar to his oh yeah i think i i, I think i've seen your tree with that one on it it's like a total ripoff what did they say it's like um ripping off is the sincerest form of flattery We'll find out. Tis the season. I guess so. I guess, I guess, I guess we're flattered huh, by well, China. Yeah. Well. Okay. We got six points. We have China breathing down our neck, and we also have a sponsor lined up for you. So, come on in to thank God it's my birthday's for your next annual milestone. We got great food. We got great games, and an almost full bar. The best part is it's always everybody's birthday. Our rotating staff members are scheduled for only one day a year their birthday and you can't come unless it's your birthday too celebrate your next big day with the only people that actually care at tdimbd where it's our birthday too a friend told me about this i wasn't even sure what it was i did some research i'm still completely unclear and i hope you guys did some research too so we can talk about this whole thing this is called the emperor strikes back or the Vietnamese equivalent of that title. This movie supposedly came out uh, at the same time of The Emperor Strikes Back, which I believe was in 1980. Empire Strikes Back, right? This film is called The Emperor Strikes Back. The thing is, they're not sure which one came first. Um, they're not the same movie, but they are strikingly similar. Well, this one is officially dated as coming out in 2013, but that's when it was, like, found like copywritten and like produced in mass but yeah the actual 
date of the production is, as far as I could do in my research, unknown. But it seems like a film from the 80s, if not 1980 or earlier. So I don't know which came first um, to just add more to the puzzle. It doesn't look fresh. It doesn't look fresh. No, definitely, definitely not. It doesn't film. look like new CGI. It doesn't sound. I mean, there's 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 cars in there that are that look brand yeah, new. Yeah, I mean, if this is a cover up, it's a know? pretty deep cover up. I honestly think this might allude to George Lucas and the Star Wars crew at the time, maybe stealing a lot of ideas from this movie, or maybe buying the ideas from this movie and kind of making sure they shelve it. I don't know. It was very interesting, though. No idea. And then, Brittany, you said the the equivalent. I'm going to try to pronounce it. the The title in in Vietnamese is Trenyagir, Tren. I don't know, Trenyagir. Yeah, I was gonna try it, but I I don't want to, unfortunately. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So Trenyagir or something, but we'll just call it the Emperor Strikes Back. It'll be in the episode description if you want to look it up. So yeah, that's so it's it feels like it's kind of a mashup of all the three Star Wars films, kind of mixed together, but but a, a different kind of story. I had trouble piecing together the story. It's subtitled, but even then, it, it was poorly subtitled. I would yeah, say. we're not sure if the production was completely finished on it. So there was a lot of times in a scene of dialogue where one person would say something, you'd get subtext. Another person would say something, there wouldn't be uh, like subtitles. You would just sometimes miss a whole character wouldn't be subtitled for some reason. You would only get one half the dialogue. So you had to fill in some of the blanks as to what this creature was saying in Vietnamese to our lead characters. I mean, all that, all that taken into consideration, um, I didn't really need. Mm-mm. I didn't really need it. The special effects stood on their own. The world that was created here um, stood on its own. Chu Barkley, it almost identical to Chewbacca. The Vietnamese version Chu Barkley has. Uh, braces, which I thought, I thought it made it kind of look a little more youthful, but also a little more fierce and aggressive too of of a furry creature. Yeah, I wasn't sure if those were dental fixing teeth or if they were kind of Klingon violent sharpeny things. Either way, it was cool. The character design. Yeah, I think it was a piece of of technology, like future technology with multiple purposes. Let's take a moment and talk about some of the other similarities to the Star Wars film and where this controversy might come from. So it's not in space. That's one of the main differences. It's actually underwater. They're submarines. But that's very similar to space when you think about it. There's also, you know, they just recently are coming off the destruction of a big underwater enemy base there, really similar to the Death Star. There's there's alliances there's elder members of the politics it's just insanely similar yeah yeah i mean all the elements are there but again the story there was more of a romance in this one definitely or the romance was pushed a little stronger there's not so much a han solo character there's a lot more robots i'd say we've got cb21 we've got was it mica one mica one mica one mica win something the uh, flat one, the big flat circular one, Michael mm-hmm. one. D two three three do. He's great. I feel like we can't quite judge the movie based on the story, being that we only heard half the dialogue. I'm kind of more basing this on, you know, look at the imagery, look at who I think these characters may represent. At the end of the day, it's so fun. It's a very fun film. I very very much enjoyed it. I don't know. 
I, I don't know. You sent us copies of this, Brandon. I don't know where a viewer can can find this movie. I think it's going to be on video on demand pretty soon. Okay, cool. Because you had said a friend got it for you. Uh, I just think people should see it regardless. And especially if you're a fan of Star Wars, definitely watch this movie, The Emperor Strikes Back. It is, it's just a fever dream. It's a Star Wars fever dream in Vietnamese. Yeah, The Emperor Strikes Back. Uh, are we ready to rate this? Yes, let's rate Chan again. The Emperor Strikes Back. I'm going to give this thing two, solid two points. Definitely check it out. It's like I just said, it's a treat. Yeah, I'm not sure what if we all got the same version. Um, I not I didn't catch a lot of the the same things you guys caught, but um, this movie either was the the ripped off or the ripper offer. Um, so until I know that, I can't really give it an honest review. But based on what I saw, as far as the special effects go and the production for its time. And um, for being Vietnamese, I give it a two. Yeah, I think either way on this, if it is truly made in the 80s and it's, you know, somehow they came up with the idea or they're ripping off Star Wars, who knows? That's an awesome movie, two points. Otherwise, the other option is somebody made it nowadays and they're like making it seem like it's a movie from the 80s. Um, Maybe to smear George Lucas is a great name. I don't know. Either way, two points for me. Great ride. Awesome movie. All right, that's six points for The Emperor Strikes Back. Another tradition that we all like to do is we like to open up our Christmas kind of holiday cards. Maybe not Christmas cards, but a lot of times during the season you'll get holiday cards. And so I gave two points. I'll be opening up two Christmas cards here. The first one is from my grandmother, who unfortunately she passed away a few years ago, but she has in her will set aside multiple, multiple letters. I don't know how many uh, that will be delivered to me for holidays and for my birthday for again. I'm not sure how long, but I'm going to open it up here. And yep, there it is. There's $10 in there and it says, I love you very much. Hugs and kisses. It's very sweet and uh, uh, makes my eyes water a little bit. I love her very much. I miss her. The next card I'm going to open up is from my uh, insurance guy, uh, Gabriel Ortega from State Farm Insurance in New Mexico. And this is, yep, just a printed card that says Happy Holidays. And then he did actually sign it with pen, which is cool, but it is a very cold and unloving and seemingly a business ploy here. But uh, those are my two cards. Yeah, I've got two cards here. This one is actually from my dentist. Um, It's nice. It's got a nice little tooth on the front where you Santa Claus hat. Oh, you know what? Turns out it's not a card, it's a bill. I will set that aside. Okay, great. Um, next card I have here is from my Aunt Susan. She, you know, here's the thing. She always writes these long bulletins, huge, you know, like multiple page magazines about her family and what's going on. I think we got time. You, you, you gonna read it or? I was planning on it. Here's the thing. I just got it in the mail. It's only like one paragraph long, and it's kind of dark and depressing. I think I need to call her after the show. I'm a little concerned. Cool. Maybe don't read that. I'm not going to read that out loud. Okay, I got a couple cards. Uh, This one's from a former drug dealer, like I said. And like I always say, 1-2 Review does not endorse any kind of drug use. Cigarettes are okay on occasion. Um, But this is from a former drug dealer. Sort of turned into a friend. And, um, oh, cool. It's just a, 
a picture of him and his girlfriend holding guns and there's some powder in here. I think I think he just poured some ketamine in here in the envelope. And then this next one, this is for Brandon. Thanks for the Christmas card, Brandon. How thoughtful. So I'm opening it up. And this is a classic, this is a classic buddy buddy picture of one of our old holidays that Brandon remembers. He printed it out. It's a it's a camping trip that got a little weird. And it's us with with our stockings sort of in a strategically Look, 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 look. I didn't I didn't send send my card yet. I don't know who that came from. You should Well it's definitely you. No, I, I didn't I didn't send that. Uh well then who wrote this note? What what does it say? It says this is definitely Brandon. I love you, Luke, very much. You're number one Brandon from Brooklyn. Signed Brandon. X O O Heart. I mean that's what you that's what you do. That's your sign off, is it not? Similar. Well, I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to figure this out. But the picture is great. It's me and you and it's you remember that camping trip where we where we ran out of clothes. Well, of course I do, but I don't want to talk about it. Let's hear let it's sponsor time, right? Sponsor time. Alright, kick a sponsor. Steve Calvoy has been delivering frights to the residents of Kansas City for generations. And this January he's unveiling his first ever haunted house for dogs. Giant cats, evil dog catchers, explosive fireworks, and a giant bathtub. Very special, perhaps, by Steve Calvoy himself as the van. Bring multiple dogs with a pack discount. Alright, folks, the next movie that we saw is Nerf Gun the Movie. This is a 2002 film. It's directed by Jose Cutler. It's about a retro steampunk-inspired Nazi multiverse in the future sci-fi world where bullets have been outlawed and now everything is resolved with Nerf battles. This movie, for a kid's film, it, of course, is sponsored by Nerf. It is an official Nerf kind of movie and Nerf merchandise is in it, all that stuff. It's very violent and the Nazis in it are very, very scary to me. It reminded me a lot of times of the intensity of Saving Private Ryan, but instead of blood, it's just nerf. But the the acting is so good that it feels like people are being murdered horribly and killed in this war movie. I don't know. What you guys think of it? It, it was shocking to me. Much more believable and serious than I thought it was going to be. What with the, the label and the, the way the, the colorful title and all that stuff. But right, anyway. I know you said... It's like a kids movie, but I think that's where you're wrong. I think Nerf is trying to rebrand themselves as more of like a adult brand. You know, we grew up with it as children. Yeah. Now we're the same market. You know, it's kids true. these days they don't want Nerf guns; they want iPads. You know, they'll play true. the digital version of Nerf gun. They'll play the game of this movie. Yeah, they're new, they're trying to make uh you know make it a, a more fun thing for adults our age to go do. All right, all right, I see what you're saying because then then it worked for sure. I see the branding aspects that you're pointing out there, um, trying to get sales <clears throat> off the Nerf gun uh, for the people that really are the Nerf enthusiasts, the folks that grew up with it. But this movie makes a lot of sense to me in a historical way, in a historical representation of uh, the Nazi regime, of the Holocaust, of the horrors involved in World War II. Um, 
I, I think this makes a, a lot of sense as a teaching tool for maybe the uneducated, maybe for younger kids that aren't interested in history, sort of spices it up and makes understanding that horrific part of human history a lot more fun and softer. Mm-hmm. And, and something I would say about this, the, the glorification of guns in media is definitely a danger and a possible contributor to the gun violence that we see. And Nerf guns for sure is definitely a thing that is, I'm sure many people have questions about whether kids should be given fake guns to be shooting at each other. One thing I will say is the violence in this film being so believable made the Nerf guns kind of as scary to me as real guns. And I wonder if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm not sure. But they were treated not as toys, if that makes sense. It does make a lot of sense. I was in a Goodwill uh, the other day and I I'm, you know, I had been a week out on seeing this movie. I picked up a little Nerf gun for my niece and my hands started trembling just from the PTSD of watching this Nerf movie. I love the steampunk inspired look of the uh, alternate multiverse, too. Oh, yeah, no doubt. When you think st- steampunk is over, when you think it's boring, they always come up with a new way to uh, implement uh copper and steam and chrome brass and goggles and uh, natural looking wind smoking flying flying vehicles smoking pipes curled mustaches that fibonacci curve is everywhere in steve punk um a, a shout out to jim schrader who plays neo hitler I, I like so just for stupid whatever hitler is a, a terrible person and an overplayed character like uh, a character that i don't want to see in anything but i would say his portrayal was pretty interesting and pretty cool and a new take definitely a steampunk kind of hitler was an interesting thing to say again as uh tired and repetitious as as hitler himself is yeah i don't know why he had the ability to bend time though i thought that was a weird choice didn't care it was pretty cool it was cool the cg was cool but i mean Mm -hmm. Yeah, for a 2002 film, the CG in this movie is excellent, I would say. It really stands up still. Uh, yeah, that really sends chills down my spines when every time Neo Hitler screams out, Bend time! Yeah. He says it a lot, too. He bends quite a bit of time in it. Uh, you guys ready to rate this thing? Yes. All right. Nerf gun the movie. Wait, Luke, are you ready? Okay. Yes. All right. Brandon, would you start? Yeah, I'd love to start. Nerf gun the movie for me is... Okay, here's the thing. I am not a Nerf nerd by any means. I I don't even keep up with the message boards or anything. But I do remember in, in the early 2000s when they tried to rebrand themselves. So I think this movie is really kind of spot on and is nostalgic in a sense that they're, they're probably not going to do that again with gun culture nowadays. So interesting. I don't know. One point. Luke? Um, Yeah, I had a lot of fun with this movie. Like I said, the historical relevance, the historical teaching that's going to be impacting our culture through uh, children watching this movie, having fun with the Nerf toys and so on. I think that's very relevant. So I'm giving this two points because we need more history. We need more education in this American culture. Cool. Yeah, I think I'm going to give it two points as well. If anything, again, with the with gun violence as it is right now, this is from 2002. I think it 
It's just, there's something about it that I think is an important piece of putting together where America is right now. And uh, I'd say, yeah, definitely check out Nerf Gun the Movie, 2002, directed by Jose Cutler. That is five points. Five points. For this uh, time, for us keeping score, I'm going to have you just rest a couple of pounds of uh, notes. Um, I think you're talking about the chestnuts that I have over here. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I misread the script there. Hold on. Okay, well, we're going to be roasting nuts here for the following six points this week. Luke, I had some shipped over to you. I know you said you picked some up at the local market, and I wanted to make sure we had enough. Your fire's going? You got these nuts ready? Yeah, I'm going to be roasting six pounds of chestnuts. Five pounds. Leave that one out. Yeah, we only give it five points. We don't want to roast too many nuts. Okay, let me take out a pound. Okay, there we go. Um, I'm going to be roasting five pounds of chestnuts. Um, in my own very special home oven, chestnut yeah. homemade oven, chestnut uh, homemade oven with a real fire, and then I'm also—I didn't tell you guys I was going to do this, but I'm also going to be mulling five gallons of cider that's been mulled. Oh, and then I'm going to be decorating five of these Christmas cookies real quick. And I'm actually preparing a five-pound ham. I'm not doing anything, Brandon. No, did you? I just thought we were doing the nuts. That's all I thought we were doing. So. Oh. Secret foods. You didn't. You didn't make five nogs, or no? I don't really do the nogs. I um, I'll, I'll eat some cookies. You guys you already eat cookies. Okay, eat five cookies fast. Though. Oh, how fast? They're fast. already gone. Done. Because we got. <laughs> okay, All right, that's kick it to a sponsor. York's sexiest waitstaff is now available for your next social event. Birthdays, holiday parties, or even intimate solo dining experiences. Let us come inside. Coitus Catering. All right, yeah, this next movie is a Howard V. Delgado joint from 1998, a little 1990s bring back called Seven O'Clock High, and it's about a a mismatched group of high school dropouts that decide that they really need to get their high school education on their own terms. So they form a high school for themselves. Yeah, Yeah, not only does that high school become successful, it becomes award-winning. It's still standing to the state. And like the title implies, uh, school starts at 7 p.m., and it never ends. Wonderful. It's it's hilarious. It's a 1998 hilarious film. It stars Brian Holiday, Billy Crystal, Maria Huckabee, William Shepard. William Shepard plays the teacher, and he is so awesome. They hire this drunk, dropout high school teacher from the bar. They get him to come in and teach at 7 o'clock high. It turns out that that's when he kind of turns on. And, like, yeah, it's just kind of a little bit about how some people are a little bit of a late bloomer, either in high school or even in the middle of the day or whatever. We're not ready to learn. I like 7 O'Clock High. It's totally a stonery, drunk, kind of college fun kind of film. Yeah, totally. It's got that stoner slapstick, that, that college humor. But then a lot of it is um, very educational, I found. Yeah, life lessons. The physics classes, yeah. the physics classes, the mathematics that they used in there, they weren't joke mathematics. That was all real. They had a real math expert on set making sure that anything that they put on that blackboard was correct and... Um, 
and they check the yeah, work. Yeah, life mathematics, life physics, very important things that everybody needs to learn at some point in their life, and these kids do. Uh, everyone working on the film is a high school dropout as well. That was a requirement. Howard Delgado is also a high school dropout. He did a little bit of homeschooling education, but mostly kind of made his own way and kind of uh, did it on his own, and so he required that be a requirement for all of the people working on the film, including the actors, which I didn't know Billy Crystal was a high school dropout until I saw this film. Yeah. I mean, in person seems like a very educated man. I will say the DVD extras, they were kind of a little mm, self-righteous with the fact that they were a high school dropout. I'm not saying that's uh, that it's a, a high school di- diploma is a real badge of honor. But I don't think dropping out is either. And they really sort of were trying to stick it to the man saying how, look, we made we made $35 million off this movie and none of us went to high school and really just bragging like that was a big deal. I don't know. I just felt like they, they really felt a little high and mighty about dropping out of high well, school. Let's say some of the pranks that the 7 o'clock hires did to the normal school kids were a little mean you know stealing the mascot and all that stuff and there was just yeah there seemed to be a lot of animosity between high school dropouts and and people that are in high school and it seemed like the the high scores were picked on a lot in this film by the high school dropouts by the dropout high school exactly in their own high school ironically so yeah right i think probably the harshest prank is the seven o'clock high people just going along going around the neighborhoods and just waking up the other kids when they got out of their own high mm-hmm, school mm-hmm. at one o'clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did some research. Apparently at the time they had a promotion going that during high school hours, if you were a student or not a student, a dropout, you could get in free. Um, so it was, it was also a safe place for dropouts to go during the day. Yeah. That was a really funny promotion. And in select theaters, I think LA and New York that you could get a high school dropout diploma t-shirt I'd love to find one of and those had a little at a spot. vintage store or something. That'd be great. Yeah, I had a little spot to s- s- sign your name. And then the watermark is like the a hand flipping the bird. Uh, you can get those. I just found them on eBay for $62. Thanks. Well, we should probably review it. I mean, rate it. We should probably rate this movie. Score it. Let's score it up. All right, I'm going to give 7 O'Clock High two points. I thought it was an interesting film. I enjoyed the comedy of it. It's it's a light, easy film. It's a background film, but it's a solid film. It reminds me a little bit of Fast Times at Ridgemont High. It's got that high school kind of vibe. So check it out if you like those kind of films. Two points for 7 o'clock high. Yeah, a little formulaic. One point is what I would probably give it if I wasn't going to give it two points, which uh, I'm going to give it two points for 7 o'clock high because I liked it. I couldn't come up with a better reason to give it two points. I am also going to give it two points. I honestly thought this movie was a great combination. It was like Breakfast Club meets uh, Math Class with some stoners. Uh, Billy Crystal was... Little Animal House in there. At the time. Uh, Yeah, definitely two points. Check this out. Might be hard to find. I have no idea. You might see me in that t-shirt soon. Two points. All right, folks. Well, that's six points for Howard Delgado's masterpiece, 7 O'Clock High. Um, And for our final point scoring system, 
we're going to be opening the gifts that we gave each other. Uh, I, I sent a gift out to Brandon. I gave one to Alex, and I want I want everyone to to open up each other's gifts. It's a little early. I feel a little of, weird. It's it's a little early, but the, the holiday season goes so fast. When are we going to have time to do this again? And we get an opportunity to share it with the one to review users out there so that they can really enjoy it. Our holiday experience. It's very true. I blink my eyes and it's like, well, Halloween's around the corner. Where did the holiday season go? You know? Well, I'm excited. Thank you for sending these gifts, Luke. I I was a little under the gun to send you the gifts uh, in time, but I did send you something, so I hope you find mm-hmm. those enjoyable. Yep. I got my presents from both of you guys. I hope you guys got mine. Uh, who wants to start? All right. I'll open up one of mine first. I'm going to open up my present from Brandon here. It's, Don't shake uh, pretty- it. Oh, cool. I was about to, but I won't. It's a pretty small box here. And opening it up, it's well-wrapped. Thank you. And, oh, it's a little bug. Some sort of little bug. Uh, I'm guessing this guy is from New York City. Brandon knows I love bugs and beetles. And, wow, what a treat to have a live little creature here. And it has flown off, and it is now just in my room somewhere. But I love it. Thank you so much. Yeah, just don't feed it after midnight. All right. What happens when you feed it after midnight? I don't know. That's what the guy told me. I bought it at the park the other night. Cool. I won't. Nice. That's lovely. Um, I, I guess I'll go next. I'll open up Brandon's. I hope it's Luke, not a bug. I don't shake really like yours, bugs. actually. Okay. Oh. Yeah. What? It sounds like there's. it's like full of water and, and jelly. glass, hopefully. Yeah. Okay. Unwrapping it. Okay, this is this is one of Brandon's classic goof gags. This is a box of broken glass and jelly. And I'm guessing from the fact that you know it's broken, you broke it before you packed it. Cannot confirm. That's funny. I like it. <laughs> well, did you did you buy the insurance of course, for this? That's your real present. Because it looks like a nice jelly. Nice. Well, Brandon insured this package for seventeen hundred dollars. He's and he wrote on the on the insurance slip that it was fine uh, Belgian caviar. So, Merry Christmas! Thanks for the seventeen hundred dollars worth of insurance fraud. Brandon. I've got two gifts here. <laughs> open, um, open one of mine since we haven't opened one of mine yet. Okay, Alex. Open Alex's. Open Alex's. Okay, Alex. This is kind of a large present. I was surprised to see this arrive at my doorstep. It's expensive too. Expensive also. Oh, okay. Well, I will treat it with care. Here I go, unwrapping it slowly. It has a zipper. Unzipping the zipper. It's got a buckle. Okay, it's. I'm unbuckling it. It's, it, it's also got some snaps. Okay, unsnapping it. Okay, great. So this is. This appears to be the final snap. And whoa, Alex, this is really nice. This is like a fancy. I dare to say it, it's like a girdle, but we yes. we were talking about this the other day about my week back, how it's not not getting better. It's not getting it's worse. A health, it's, it's a like health a, girdle. Health girdles. Yeah. It's from Cumulative Services is the company that creates it, and it's yeah, it's for week it's for week backs, and it's a girdle that you wear just during sleep, so you don't have to be embarrassed wearing a kind of thing that looks like Spanx at work. But it's a sleep girdle. Yeah, Jaltech makes a version. That's what caught my eye, but this is supposedly exactly. way better. So this one's better. Yeah, double the price. And that way was the better. low tech. Uh, we uh, Alex didn't like the high tech. No, too much tech. This one's nice and simple. This one just puts pressure where it needs to. 
Thanks. Let's no keep going. Problem. All right, I'm opening up my present from Luke here. This is a long, thin present. This is very long and thin. Um, can I shake it? I don't know. It's hard. I'm gonna, okay, I'm unwrapping it. Oh shit, it's, it's a big antenna. This is a big, big, long antenna. Sweet. This is exactly what we need. It's for your computer. Yep. yep. I have been having trouble with my Wi-Fi. Uh, it's been having trouble with this. And I looked up that if I just need a, a stronger upright current, and this is exactly what I need. So we're going to strap this to the roof, and this should give me a better connection. That's going to that's gonna give us not only great Wi-Fi, that's going to give us coffee house Wi-Fi. Wink. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Oh, this thing is great. Cool. This is like a five-foot antenna. So. We're going to save a lot of money on Wi-Fi. Starbs. That, maybe. How do you know the password, though, for Starbs around the corner? You got to go buy a buck. Oh, worth it. You got to go buy a mocha frap. All right. Speaking of uh, Luke, I'm going to open up Luke's gift here. Um, I think I know what it is. This is a tradition at this point. This is a festive spatula. Someone buzzing my door again. Hold on. <laughs> we paid someone in New York 50 bucks to knock on his door during the podcast and get him to stand up. What he doesn't know about the spatula is that it's the same spatula I've been giving him for years. He is never excited about it. He thinks it's a shitty gift, and I just take it back every time I visit, re-gift it, and he pretends like he's excited. Sorry, gentlemen. Hey. Should I just take off where I left off? Yeah. I know what this is. This is a tradition at this point. This is great. You don't even have to wrap it, but I appreciate that you do, Luke. This is a spatula, and of course, it is festively decorated. It's got red. It's got green. It's got glitter. It's got little mirrors, little elves. This is you outdo yourself every year, Luke. Thank you. Cool. Yeah. And you love it, right? I love it. I can't use them, but I love it. How does it compare to last year's spatula? Last year's was impressive with the laser, but I like how you took it back a notch and just kind of made it more traditional with these elves everywhere. There must be a thousand. These are all hand-painted? Yeah, hand-painted. A lot of thought went into this. I expect nothing less. Thank you, Luke. I, I really appreciate it. Cool. All right, guys. Oh, wait. Well, yeah, let me... got one more. Yeah. I got to open your gift, man. Okay, I'm opening up Alex's gift, and it's, um, okay, it's some toilet paper. We're roommates, so we're always taking turns buying toilet paper. Appreciate that. And uh, Oh, and underneath the toilet paper, there's four hats. Mm -hmm. Now, okay, now is this the, this is this reindeer hat a holiday hat? Do I have to send back one of these hats? Nope, man, those I are I think all it's the TP keepers. promotion, right? You signed uh -huh. up for that? The TP promotion? Yeah. I got the TP promotion, bro. So we're going to be getting four hats from fourhats.com every month. We have to either return two of them or we keep the toilet paper that comes with it. This is great. I love this cross promotion with uh, That's Charmin. A really good one. Charmin and yeah. four hats. Great, guys. That well brings us over 20 points. We've definitely reached 20 something, so it's safe to call it a day. I think so. Great. Yeah, happy holidays, guys. Um, be safe, love and kiss your family. Give them lots of hugs and rub your family. While you're doing that, go ahead and give us five stars on iTunes. Leave us a little review while you're at it. 
maybe tell us some movies, we'll review them for them for you. We will review them for you. Uh, we're also going to get the Patreon up and running again soon, so stay tuned. All right, next week we're going to be reviewing Tim Boat Jimmy, Fetch Quest, Vulgar Dad, Flan Con Mi Tia, Melting Point, and Recon Adultress. Thank you so much. Thank Goodbye. you. Gentlemen, happy holidays. See you next week. Bye. Luke, say goodbye. Bye.